well. I don't hear Baywater lapping by the shore, but nonetheless, it means that Cousin Rick is calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. Good morning, RT. <laughs> All right. Hope that's not too much of a curveball for you there. but. <laughs> <laughs> well, you started out with the water lapping at McCovey Cove. I know, I know. You know that's Well, what you didn't start off with the water. No, I did. Not today. No, just... Uh... Just for a change of pace, the old screwball, as you might say. So. Well, anyway, um, how is the weather in Needham, Massachusetts? Oh, it's a beautiful day. It's in the 70s, and it's sunny. And uh, although tomorrow is supposed to be a return to summer with mid-80s and high humidity. Well, do you have yeah. a nice air-conditioned run of the week to ride in? Oh, yeah, we have a, well, it's air-conditioned and vented very well. <laughs> It's the Jeep Wrangler Unlimited Rubicon 4XE. Now, the E stands for electrified. Specifically, it's a plug-in hybrid. This is a Jeep that's a plug-in hybrid. And I'll give you the EPA numbers. I'll give you the specs first. It, uh, we have black clear coat exterior paint. And the logos on the car have electric blue touches to them. So you know this vehicle is electrified. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's got a four-liter, uh, sorry, four-cylinder, two-liter engine, turbocharged engine. And it's hooked up to an eight-speed automatic transmission. The, uh, the engine puts out 270 horsepower, but with the electric motors, the entire powertrain puts out 375 horsepower. So you get 105 horsepower from the electric motor. Okay. And the, uh, the EPA numbers, that uh, what they give me in the specs is just on the gasoline engine alone, the car would get a combined 20 miles to the gallon. But on uh, the EPA routine of electricity and gasoline, you get the 49 miles per gallon equivalent, okay? Now, if you could figure out how they get miles per gallon equivalent, uh, that's something that's above our pay grade here on uh, Tech Talk, okay? But uh, if you want to go off-road, this will take you off-road just like a Jeep, and if you want to drive around around town for uh, short distances, the Jeep itself gives you, on a full charge, it was telling me you can get 24 miles all-electric range before the uh, it goes into the full hybrid mode. So that's pretty good if you're riding around and uh, you can save money locally by using the, uh, you know, and just using it locally. But if you want to go off-road, you still have the Jeep capability. The only thing is that the uh, the base price of the the Wrangler Rubicon 4XE is $51,700. Now, we had some options here, such as leather trim bucket seats for $1,700, the trailer tow and heavy-duty electrical group for about $800, and the steel bumper group, if you really want to go heavy into the off-road, it's uh, $1,700, along with delivery charge of total ticket, 
was $62,660. Now, the standard Jeep, standard Wrangler, or I, yeah, the standard Wrangler comes in at $32,000, and the standard Rubicon version comes in at $42,800. So you're paying maybe $9,000 more for the hybrid option. And as far as mileage goes, the uh, standard Jeep four, uh, with, the, with the i4 engine and four doors gets 21 miles per gallon city, 24 highway for roughly 22 combined mileage. Now, when we were driving the hybrid Rubicon here, we, we drove it on a long trip. And so you're not into the all-electric drive for most of the trip, but you're in most of the hybrid mode. And we were getting maybe 22, 23, 24 miles to the gallon. So you have to decide if you want to spend money for the plug-in hybrid version and not get all that much more difference for highway mileage. Although, again, like I said, if you're going to be using it mostly to drive locally, you, you'll get a good benefit there. You'll be on electric most of the time. And uh, some of the other features we had, it was a, uh, so we, we had the soft top with the big tires and the rock protection sill rails on the side. It had a Alpine premium audio system, which is kind of cool because they put speakers into the roll bar that goes through the center of the car. So it's kind of neat. You've got these speakers up there, and if you take off the, uh, the soft top and windows in the back, and then you could even pull the doors off, you'll still have this super stereo system to uh, blast in the wilderness if you want to annoy, annoy other campers, maybe. But, <laughs> or annoy uh, the bears. <laughs> yeah, well, they may come over and listen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I said, we, we talked about the engine, and it's an eight-speed automatic transmission. Interestingly enough, it's built in Toledo, like all Jeeps. The U.S. and Canadian parts content is 60%, and the, uh, the Mexican part content is 20%, and the engine... Uh, the, the, engine is made in the U.S., and the transmission is made in Germany. So it's a, a true international vehicle. And, uh, you know, having the soft top, you really can't say that the vehicle is quiet, but that's not what you get in the Jeep. You get the, the Jeep fun factor of you know, riding around in the great outdoors and enjoying that. So that's the Rider of the Week this week. All right. Wrangler Unlimited Rubicon 4XE. All right. Sounds good. Um, anything else automotive today? Oh, we got a couple of things. Okay. One is Michelin. The French European tire company has been developing airless tires for, oh, maybe 10, 15 years. And they've come up with a, an airless tire prototype, which they are putting on cars for test drives in Europe and having these uh, being driven just by people on the street. And so far, the acclaim is that when you drive a vehicle equipped with these airless tires, basically it looks like a tire tread with numerous rubber spokes, 
rubber material spokes around the edge, the tire is kind of open, and what they do is they use special wheels to mount the tires. And people who have driven this say the biggest thing you can say about this is that you don't even know it's on the car. They, they give the driver the same kind of feel, and uh, the company is claiming the benefits of this is that it uses less materials. It, uh, it lasts maybe up to three times longer than a regular tire. You won't have to worry about any punctures or blowouts. And uh, let's see, also you can maybe tailor it to uh, get uh, with, with certain holes and vents that you wouldn't get as much hydroplaning as with a regular tire. And General Motors has uh, teamed up with Michelin and say, they say that they could be putting these on uh, GM cars in maybe two years if the trials work out. So that, that's kind of neat. All right. An interesting concept. Okay. Um, anything else automotive? Or, uh, yeah, the, yeah, our, our uh, buddies at iccars.com have come up with the fastest-selling cars in the month of August. Okay, cars that are flying off the lots more than others. And, again, the chip shortage has uh, affected uh, automotive sales. Some cars are harder to get. And it's also driving up the cost of used cars. There are some models that you can't get them new, and people are paying over new prices for used versions. So that's, uh, that's an interesting uh, dynamic here. And let's just look at some of them. The, the fastest-selling new car is the Hyundai Santa Cruz, which is like a kind of like a mini pickup truck. And uh, some people like that kind of concept, and are, these things are flying off the lot. Also on the list is, of course, it's the Chevy Corvette. They, those are in demand, and they're more, uh, they're not keeping up with production because uh, it's a specialized car, but those who want them really want them. And uh, what's also interesting, on the used car list, there are a lot of alternate fuel vehicles, as we say, a lot of uh, hybrid cars and electric cars. And the, the fastest-selling used car is the Tesla Model 3. And then that's followed by the Toyota Highlander Hybrid, and just a little below that is Toyota Prius. So, and, and then uh, down the list, Tesla Model X, Model S, and the Toyota RAV4 Hybrid. So if you go to iccars.com for their latest study, you can see what, uh, what vehicles are really in demand. And it, it's quite a list here, so we can't really take up too much time for that. But, uh, again, Toyotas are considered the leaders in uh, hybrid technology and terms of reliability and longevity. So those are popping up on the list for vehicles in demand. All right. Very interesting. Um, do you have a Musk Minute for us by any chance? Oh, we got a big Musk Minute, okay, that uh, right now it's scheduled for tomorrow. The Inspiration4 mission is scheduled to be launched tomorrow evening from Kennedy Space Center. And uh, it's the first all 
civilian crew private mission. I forget how you want to terminate this. Okay? And it's a, an interesting concept that uh, it's... Uh, oh, let's see. I'm trying to uh, call up my notes here. Okay? There, it's a, basically a fundraiser for St. Jude's Children's Hospital to raise money for, uh, for the for the hospital and the uh, Jared Isaacsman is the uh, oh the billionaire of the billionaire on this mission who's funding this and he's raising oh, he's also using it to raise money for uh, St Jude Children's and what's interesting is they're going to fly oh about eighty miles higher than the space station orbit. They're not going to dock with the space station. Also, because they're not going to dock, the docking mechanism at the top of the Dragon capsule has been removed and instead is a clear cupola, as they say, to give the crew a view of the Earth and, uh, and of space, which they can probably get some interesting uh, photographs. But uh, the crew is taking along personal mementos, family items. There are sponsorships on the flight. Sam Adams Brewing, uh, Boston Beer Company, has 66 pounds of hops on board that will be used to brew a new beer, which is which will be the official beer of Inspiration Four. And uh, to get that space, the uh, the company donated 100 thousand dollars to St. Jude's. The crew will be wearing branded watches, and one of them will play a ukulele from Martin Guitar Company. So, and lots of other stuff will be auctioned off once, as a St. Jude's fundraiser, once the mission returns. And included on the mission is a researcher from, uh, a researcher and cancer survivor from St. Jude's, and a Lockheed engineer who won uh, a fundraising contest, and also the uh, first person from Guam to go up into space who was once a NASA astronaut candidate. So that's it for the Inspiration4 mission. Good good luck to them, and uh, we hope all goes well, and they make a lot of money for St. Jude's, a worthy charity. All right, that sounds good. Um, I'm, I'm curious, do you know uh, what the duration of the flight is? I think it's three days. Okay. All right. Well, uh, very I good. Guess, I guess you give them three days before they get annoyed with each other in the capsule. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Especially uh, get with the uh, you know the ukulele player. <laughs> I might grow old pretty quickly there. I don't know. Well, at least he's not a bagpipe player. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. Uh, anything else you have for us today? Yeah, to wrap things up. Uh, headlines over the weekend or uh, the end of last week, the world's biggest CO2 capture plant has just opened in Iceland. Okay? And this is a plant in Iceland that will capture 400 metric tons annually of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. It's a company called Climeworks. And basically... What they do is they have uh, the plant is set up in these standard shipping containers, and they draw carbon dioxide out of the air with sponge-like filters 
which are then heated to about the same temperature of boiling water to free the gas, which is then mixed with water and pumped underground to basalt caverns where it cools and turns into gray stone. And uh, now it's said that, uh, okay, by 2050, we'd have to capture a billion metric tons a year of carbon dioxide. Now, again, this is a demonstration plant, okay? And the reason why it's in Iceland is they have cheap geothermal energy to do this. Now, you don't want to do this and spend using fossil fuel fuels, throwing carbon dioxide into the air to try to get it out with this process that's energy intensive. So you have to do it with uh, carbon neutral power. And uh, right now they say the cost is about six to $800 per metric ton, and it would have to get down to about 100 to 150 to make the process worthwhile. And the, uh, you can use the, the, uh, the CO2 to form uh, oh, building materials and fuel and even uh, use it to carbonate drinks. So that's, uh, that's an idea of looking to the future. Maybe this thing can prove worthy. And uh, well, then again, you could just plant a lot of trees to <laughs> carbon capture. That's what I was thinking. Although, uh, you know, I guess the... Uh Land available for planting trees seems to be shrinking all the time, so maybe it's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, uh, you know, we got to look into everything, and then maybe yeah. okay, this could you get the the energy cost down, get this to work, and then use that stuff to build things. You use the carbon and uh, make lightweight uh, carbon electric cars using carbon as part of the battery, and we don't, uh, you know, that everything's interactive. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see where that goes. Right, right. Okay, uh, anything else you have for us today? Oh, that's a wrap. Glad oh, we can get wrap. together. Okay, well, uh, yeah. Glad I could see you on the radio today. And uh, let's do it again next week. All right, so that was Cousin Rick calling in from Nita, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream.